Welcome to Victory Church Winchester, Virginia's weekly podcast. Our desire is that you will find Victory a place to call home. Please take a moment to subscribe and share. Here is this week's message from our Sunday morning worship experience. Are we in Genesis chapter 8 verse 22 yet? Are we there? All right. First book in the Bible. This makes it easy for all of us. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. reads thus from the New International Version. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Now turn over to 2 Corinthians if you're there. Follow along with me. If you're not there, if you don't have a Bible electronic device, you can follow along the screen behind me. We're going to begin reading at verse 6. The Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, pens these words. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever, somebody say whoever, sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able. How many are thankful that God is able? He's able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, I love those alls, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have scattered their gifts to the poor, Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So the title of this sermon from our text today is this, the seven laws of sowing and reaping. Last week I shared four, the first four. Today I'm gonna share the last three. Would you join your hearts with me in prayer this morning? Father, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to gather together today around your word. We pray that we would believe your word, Lord, in this moment, that we would receive it and that we would obey it. Lord, we haven't come into this moment, to this place today, Lord, to hear the word of a man, but we've come to hear the very word of God. And so, Lord, our hearts are receptive. We're ready to hear what you have to say for us today. We thank you for what you're going to do among us through your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of 2 Corinthians is written by the Apostle Paul. And if you know anything about the church in Corinth, you know that it was a dysfunctional church. Um, They were extremely talented, but yet they got a little crazy. They got off mission. Um, They became self-serving. Everybody was doing what they thought was right. And the Apostle Paul has corrected them to realign them, uh, to bring them back on mission. 
And as he's writing to them in 2 Corinthians, as he's just corrected them in the book of 1 Corinthians, he takes time uh, to talk to them about generosity. He takes time to talk to them about the importance of giving and of stewardship. And in this passage today, not only does he talk about the importance of financial giving, but we also find in this text today uh, the principle, the law, the truth, the universal truth of sowing and reaping, because he uses this metaphor, this analogy of how a farmer sows a seed. This principle, this truth of sowing and reaping is found throughout the Bible. It's a universal, undeniable, immutable, unchangeable law of the universe. And the Apostle Paul here is saying to us, he's instructing us, he's saying, uh, not only does this principle apply in the natural, but it also uh, applies spiritually. He says it this way in the book of Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, they will also reap. I recently read the story of a poor Scottish farmer with the last name of Fleming. And he was on his family field uh, working hard to provide for his family, and as he was working out in the field, he heard a loud scream, a cry for help. He immediately dropped the tools and the work that he was doing right there, and he immediately went over to the wetland uh, section area of his field. And there he found a young boy, distressed, fearful, terrified, stuck in his way, up to his waist in black muck. This young boy, um, if he had been left there, he would surely die. And the farmer had reached out to him and saved, threw a branch out to him and pulled him, rescued him, brought him uh, to safety. The next day, uh, there was a fancy carriage that pulled up to the Scottish farmer's property. And out stepped an elegant nobleman. He stepped out and he says, I'm looking for the farmer that saved my son's life. As he was talking to the, to the nobleman, the nobleman said, I want to repay you for saving my son's life. And the Scottish farmer, he said, no, uh, I, I can't receive any payment. Um, I did what was right. I did what I was supposed to do. And at that time, immediately at the door of his home, the farmer's home, his young son uh, stepped to the door. The nobleman said to the farmer, he said, is that your son? He said proudly. Uh, the farmer said, yeah, that's my son. He says, well, let me do something for you. I can repay you in this way. Let me take him with me, and I'll provide him a good education. Surely he will become a great man just like his father. And he said, the farmer said, okay, well, you can take him. And uh, the, the, the farmer Eventually, he let him in time. Farmer Fleming's son graduated from a hospital called St. Mary's Hospital uh, School in London, England. He went on to become known throughout the world as the noted Sir Alexander Fleming. You might be familiar with his name. He was the discoverer of penicillin, and eventually he was a Nobel Prize winner. Years afterward, 
the nobleman's own son was stricken with pneumonia. And you know what saved the nobleman's son? Penicillin. The name of that nobleman was Lord Randolph Churchill. And his son's name was Sir Winston Churchill, the great prime minister of England. This illustrates the incredible truth, the profound truth today, that whatever we sow, we will also reap. And the question that I have for each of us that are here today and joining us online is, what are you reaping? What are you reaping? With that question in mind, I want to share with you this truth from our text today. The life that you live tomorrow is the result of the seed that you sow today. I want to rewind it back and just kind of catch you up as to where we've been. If you did not watch last week's message or if you were not here, I want to catch you up uh, to the principles, the truths of the law of sowing and reaping. And the first law says this, you always reap what you sow. You always reap what you sow. The second one says you always reap more than you sow. Thirdly, you always reap as long as you sow. And fourthly, you always reap later than you sow. The fifth truth or law of the scripture, the law of sowing and reaping, is this. You always reap if you sow. If you sow. It's almost suggested, it's almost, uh, it's subliminally suggested in Uh, Genesis chapter 8 verse 22 it says as long as the earth remains seed time and harvest you can slow it down and say seed time harvest say it with me seed time harvest notice what's not in there is seed sow time harvest because it's almost implied that if you're going to reap a harvest first you have to sow You cannot reap what you will not sow. So this is a question of willingness for us today. You're always going to reap if you sow. Verse 7 says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Your ability to reap will be determined by your willingness to sow. When a farmer looks at a barn and he wants to reap a harvest, he has to ask himself a question, what do I do? Does he worry about it? Does he complain about it? What is the farmer going to do? The farmer If he wants to reap a harvest, he grabs the seed that he has, he takes that seed, and he plants it in the ground. For he knows that in order to reap a harvest, I must sow a seed. He has to plant it in the ground. If there's two farmers and they're both in debt, yet they both have seed, maybe the one farmer might say, This is all the seed that I have left, and so I'm going to keep my seed. I can at least eat my seed and survive for a little while. That farmer will never reap what he will not sow. 
If he's not willing to sow, he will not reap. However, there's another farmer, and that farmer, maybe he says to himself, I'm in debt, and and in order for me to get out of the season, in order for me to get out of the situation that I'm in, I know that I have to take what I have, and I have to plant it in the ground because I will never reap what I do not sow. No successful farmer will ever keep his seed locked away in a barn because he knows that if he will not sow, he will not reap. You cannot reap from a seed that you are unable to see nor unwilling to sow. And if you can't see it, you won't sow it. But here's the reality. We all have seed. We all have something that we can give. We all have something that we can plant. Even if we don't think we have much to offer, we've been given gifts and talents and time and treasure. We've been given ideas and information. We've been given influence. We've been given creativity and connection and compassion. What will you do with the seed that God has given you so that you can reap what you want the harvest that you're looking for in your life. We're all sowers of seed, but if we will not sow a seed, we will not reap a harvest. So the question I have for you today is what is the seed that you have? What is the seed that God has provided for you? What's in your hand? You see, Moses had a rod. David had a sling and five smooth stones. The widow had nothing in the house but a little jar of oil. Gideon had nothing but a clay pot and a trumpet and a praise in his mouth. The apostle Peter did not have silver or gold, but what he had is he had the word and the authority of the word of God. So he says, I'd say to you, take up your mat and walk, he told the man who was begging, but that was sick, that was crippled. The Apostle Paul, what did he have? Maybe he didn't have much, but he had the seed. He had a great mind. He had a pen and a pad. What do you have in your hand? What is the seed that the Lord had given you, has given you? If you want to reap a harvest in your life, you've got to be willing to first sow a seed. Do you want a healthy marriage? Then you've got to show, sow kindness. You've got to sow encouragement. You've got to sow romance. Do you want a, a, a good, good kids? Do you want to be a good parent? Where you're going to have to sow discipline. You're going to have to sow instruction. You're going to have to sow love and compassion and patience. Do you want a great career? You're going to have to sow hard work. You're going to have to sow uh, energy. You're going to have to sow education. You're going to have to show, uh, so arriving early and showing up and, and staying late to work. You're going to have to sow if you want to reap a harvest of success in your career. Do you want good grades, students? You're going to have to sow reading and study and discipline and diligence in order to reap good grades. Do you want to reap health? You got to put down the donuts and you got to put down the pizza. Come on, I'm preaching to myself. You got to pick up water and drink it. You got to take your vitamins. You got to eat healthy. You got to go to the gym and work out. Come on, the harvest 
is only reaped if you're willing to sow the seed. What seed has God given to you? You've got to take the seed. You've got to sow the seed if you want to reap a harvest. This truth is illustrated in the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Maybe you remember that story. Jesus is on the Sea of Galilee. He's on a mountainside. He calls his disciples together with them. There's a great multitude of people coming to hear from Jesus. And the disciples say to Jesus, who's going to feed all these people? It's getting dark. Jesus says, you feed them. In other words, what do you have? They say, Lord, we don't have anything, but Andrew found a little boy with a Long John Silver's meal deal. All he's got is some bread, five loaves of bread, five slices of bread. He's got five fish. That's all we got, Lord. We just got a little bit. We don't have enough to feed all these people. Jesus says, bring them here to me. In other words, take the seed that you have and willingly give it, sow it to Jesus, and Jesus will multiply what little you have because little is much in the hands of God. Take what you have. Some of you say, I don't have enough. I don't have what it takes. I can't. I won't. What do you have? What seed has God given you that he's wanting to multiply and bring a harvest into your life. See, in order to reap a harvest, you have to see the seed and you have to willingly sow the seed that God has given you. The sixth law of sowing and reaping is this. You, you always reap in proportion to what you sow. So you not only will reap if you sow, but you will always reap in proportion to what you sow. Let's read the text here in verse 6. Remember this, Paul says... Whoever, somebody say whoever. He's saying, whoever gets this will get this. So get this. Whoever sows sparingly, in other words, whoever sows a little will reap a little, but whoever sows generously will reap generously. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 through 25 also it illustrates this principle. It talks about this principle, and it says this. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. This speaks not of necessarily of your willingness, but this speaks of your unselfishness. Your capacity to reap is determined by your unselfishness in sowing. When a farmer looks to a vast field and he wants a harvest, he has to ask himself, what do I have to do? In that moment, he has to make a choice. What is the size of the harvest that I want to reap? This is what the Apostle Paul is saying. You get to choose your harvest. If you sow much, you will reap much. But if you sow little, you'll reap little. 
If you sow a little bit of love, you'll reap a little bit of love. If you sow a little bit of friendship, you'll reap a few friends. But if you sow generously, you will reap generously. Come on. If you sow generous amounts of kindness, and if you sow generous amounts of, of compassion to others, you will reap generosity, you will reap compassion, you will reap kindness yourself. What is the size of the harvest that you want to reap? Because the more you sow, the bigger your harvest. If you want a little crop, plant a little seed. If you want a medium-sized crop, a harvest, plant a medium-sized seed. But if you want a great blessing, if you want a great harvest, plant a generous amount of seed. This whoever applies to everyone. It's a universal law and a truth. You see, if I have a garden at my house and I want tomato plants, I'm going to sow a tomato seed, right? Because I reap what I sow, going back to the first principle. But also am going to reap more than I sow. So if I want to have a, a whole harvest of tomatoes, the more tomatoes I want, the more seeds that I've got to sow in the field that God has given me. And so this truth applies in every area of your life, not just your finances. The Apostle Paul is speaking directly here of their finances, but applies to your stewardship and sowing in every area of your life. The more you give of your talents, the more people are ministered to. The more you give of your finances, the more people that you'll be able to reach. The more compassion that you show to others, the more people will receive the compassion that you give. It will be multiplied back to you. Now, our motivation is not to give in order that we might get. No. In the, on the contrary, the Apostle Paul is saying that when we are generous, then we are able to give to those in need. The motivation is not to give to get, but in order that we might give, that we might give more generously. To be a generous sower, look for ways to give in a world that is always finding ways to get. The seventh law of sowing and reaping is that you always reap, listen to this, when you sow by faith. You always reap when you sow by faith. Your capability to reap is determined by God's faithfulness, listen to this, to provide what you sow and what you reap. In other words, God is the source of both the seed and of the harvest. You will always reap when you sow by faith. Listen to this in verse 10. Now, he who supplies seed, who supplies the seed? God supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the what? The harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. Listen to this. This is the reason that we give generously so that we might be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving or glory to God. You always reap when you sow by faith. When a farmer looks at a seed and he wants to have a harvest, what does he do? He has to believe. He has to trust God that God is the source of his seed and of his harvest. 
Do you trust God? You see, a farmer has to have faith to sow a seed before he sees the harvest. And many of us are here today and we're believing and we're trusting God and we want to see a harvest, but we're seeing nothing because we haven't sown to the harvest. In order to reap, you have to sow. And in order to sow, you have to sow by faith, not by sight. And that's why you got to keep on giving. And that's why you got to keep on loving. And that's why you got to keep on serving. And that's why you got to keep on giving. And that's why you got to keep on praying. And that's why you got to keep on worshiping. And that's why you got to keep on studying the Word of God. Because you will reap if you do not faint, if you do not give up. And you will reap by faith, not by sight, when you sow. Do you want to have a deeper, more intimate relationship with God? Then you've got to sow time. You've got to sow prayer. You've got to sow worship. You've got to sow service. You've got to sow connecting with others and sharing your faith. You see, the reality is that a lot of people, they, you, you might come to church today, and you look around the church and you go, you know what, I want to see this church grow. I want to see this church expand. I want to see God pour out his spirit and do incredible things in the church. And I can say amen to that too. But let me ask you today, what seed are you sowing? Because the harvest that you reap, you must first sow by faith. We have to believe that God has given us opportunities to sow into the life of others to see the harvest of souls brought to the kingdom of God through what God is doing here at Victory Church. Here's what I love. A farmer has to have faith because a farmer has to have faith to sow a seed before he sees the harvest. Sowing shows that I'm trusting God to do what he says he'll do in my life. And here's the promise. This is what I love. Uh, Go to verse 8. Verse 8 says this. And God is able to bless you abundantly. In in another translation, it says, God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. He didn't just say, God is able to make some grace abound to you. He didn't just say, God is able to make some things at some times, and you might have some of you need, what you need. He is saying, you will be able to have all that you need in every occasion, because God's promise is that he will provide all of your needs. He'll provide your seed, and he'll provide your harvest. But you have to sow by faith, knowing that God is your source. God's your source. But here's what we do. We wait to sow a seed because we walk by sight and not by faith. We wait till we have a surplus in order to sow our seed. We say, God, if I have enough and when I have enough and when everything goes great in my life, then I'll give, then I'll serve, then I'll worship, then I'll be more faithful in my attendance, then I'll do this, then I'll do that. Do you know what the scripture says in Ecclesiastes? In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4, it says, he who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. 
If you're waiting for the right time and the right conditions, you'll never reap a harvest because you will never sow the seed. The time to sow the seed, the time to do what God has called you to do is not when you have a surplus, but when you have a seed. In other words, it is now. Now's the day. Today's the day. Now is the moment. There's a man named R.G. Letourneau who at the age of 30, and he was deeply in debt, he made a conscious decision to make God his business partner. Sound like a good idea to me. He decided not only to tithe, but to go far beyond and fund dozens of Christian ministries as God gave the increase in profit. Things began to change with no more than a seventh grade education. He taught himself engineering and eventually built a manufacturing empire. His earth-moving machines helped win World War II and construct the highway of infrastructure for modern America. By the end of his life, he held more than 300 patents. Letourneau ended up giving away 90% of his wealth and living on 10%. When he was asked why he gave so much to kingdom work, here's what he replied. I love this. I just can't seem to outgive God. I keep shoveling out, and God keeps shoveling back. And it turns out that God's got a bigger shovel. You see, God is the source of your seed and of your harvest, and so we trust him because we cannot outgive him. God, you always reap when you sow by faith. So let me ask you today. borrowed this bucket from Gary. Gary's got a farm. So I said, what kind of seed do you have there? He gave me a bucket of seed. I want to ask you today, what is the seed that you have to sow? See, if you're willing to sow, you will reap. You will reap if you're willing to sow in proportion to what you sow. And in order for you to reap, you've got to see your seed, you've got to sow your seed, and you've got to sow it by faith, trusting that God is the source of both the seed and of the harvest. Why? So that you might live a life of generosity so that you might live a life not just of giving, but of generous giving, of above and beyond giving, of giving of your time, of giving of your talents, of giving of your treasure, so that God might be praised, so that God might be glorified, that God might be known in this generation. There's an old proverb, in conclusion, there's an old proverb that says this. The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. But the second best time to plant a tree is today. The life that, the life that you live tomorrow is the result of the seed that you sow today. So sow your seed. Get it in the ground. So generously and believe that God is going to bring 
a harvest. This applies to your witness for the Lord. I believe that God has given us the seed of what he's done even in our own life. If we won't share and plant the seed of the word of God in the hearts of others, they can't grow. It can't produce. It will only produce if it's sown. And it has to be sown in the hearts of people. Here's the amazing thing. The scripture says, our responsibility is not to grow the seed. Our responsibility is to sow the seed. The apostle Paul, in writing to the Corinthian church, he says this, Apollos watered, I, I sowed, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. God is the one who made the seed grow. Today, we recognize that God wanted a family, God the Father. And he saw humanity in sin separated from him, unable to save themselves, unable to lead themselves. So what did God do? God saw the need, and he sowed a seed. That seed was in the form of his son. And that son in dying, gave his life so that now we, through faith in him, might become children of God through believing by faith in Jesus. So in conclusion, you reap what you sow. You reap more than you sow. You reap as long as you sow. Come on, you reap um, later than you sow. You reap if you sow. You reap in proportion to what you sow. And you reap when you sow by faith. Not by sight. Not by feeling. Not when I have enough. Not when everything's perfect. But I sow by faith because I trust that the Lord is my source. He's the source of my seed. He's the source of my heart. What do you need God to do in your life today? With every head bowed and eye closed as we conclude today. There's many of us here today and we know that we're not where we need to be with the Lord. Whether that's our sin is separating us from God and we've never heard the message of the gospel. We're not aware, we're unaware that God loved the world so much that he gave his son. That if I would believe in him, that I wouldn't perish, that I am a sinner and I need a savior. The punishment for my sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And today, maybe you don't have a lot of faith, but you have a little bit of faith. Little is much when you place it in the hands of God. And I know that maybe you don't have all the answers yet. Maybe you have more questions than you have answers. And today, whether you're watching online, listening uh, throughout the week, or whether you're here in person and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you don't you're not really certain what faith is all about and you have questions and you're not certain, 
Give what little that you have to the Lord today. God can take your little and he can make it much today. And so today, if that's you and you're here and you need to be born again, you need to give your life to Jesus, you want to put your trust in him, you want to sow a seed of your faith in him today, just, just open up your heart right now to the reality that you cannot save yourself, you can't lead yourself, but Jesus has come to save you. He's come to be the leader of your life. If you'll receive him by faith today, he'll forgive you of all your sins. He'll come into your heart. He'll give you eternal life. Perhaps you're here today and you're going through the motions. You're playing it safe. You're waiting for a surplus. Maybe you're making excuses. You're rationalizing why it is that you're not fully given over to the Lord and complete surrender today. Maybe there's some things in your life that have caused you to try to hold your seed, that have caused you to try to keep what little you have. Today, I want to encourage you to believe God for greater things. Believe God for the harvest. Yes. If you're going to do that, you have to first let go what's in your hand. You're holding your time. You're using it for yourself. You're holding your treasure, your gifts, your talents, your experiences, your abilities. You're, you're holding your finance, finances. But if you want to make a difference, if you want to reap a harvest, you have to let go of your hands, what's in your hand, and you have to give it to God. You have to fully yield yourself to the Lord and let go of your life. For Jesus says, he who tries to gain and seek to gain his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospel will find it. Father, we want to be fully open and yielded and surrendered to you. We don't want to hold on to our life, but we want to release our life into your hands, our own life even being a seed that you might produce a harvest in us. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Our vision is that you would experience Victory Church as a place to call home. We do this by encountering God through worship, embracing community through relationship, and expanding the kingdom of God through service. Find out more about Victory at victorywinchester.com.